Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to the Melanated Muslim Podcast. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the lifestyle changes that I have made thus far when it comes to my journey in Islam and stuff like that. So some people, when they convert, they don't make these lifestyle changes Right away, they take it slowly. So everybody's journey is different, of course. Like, nobody's journey is the same. Nobody's journey is the same, and I feel like it's important to note that. So with my journey, these are the changes that I made, like, almost instantly after I did my shahada, which is the shahada is your, um like, convert ceremony, kind of, that you have that you declare that you're Muslim. So, right after I did my shahada, I knew that I wanted to wear the hijab. Wearing the hijab was something that I knew that I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to do it right away or, um, like, as soon as I, like, did my shahada, I was like, I don't know if I want to do it, like, wait a year, see how I am in my faith. But towards, like, coming towards my shahada, I knew that it was something that I wanted to do as soon as I converted to Islam. Now, I know a lot of people ask me who are very, like, not educated on Islam and basically what the media portrays is what they know. So a lot of people ask me if the hijab is forced and why are you wearing that? Like, a lot of people don't know and they're, like, asking questions that are stereotypical and, you know, they don't educate themselves. So I have to tell them, like, no, it's not forced. It's something that we choose to wear it is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants all women to do because it's mentioned in the Quran in two separate in two verses that I have in verse 2431 and verse 3359 and basically Allah is saying that he wants women to cover themselves with a veil which is like the um which is the hijab cover their breast because that's what the hijab is meant to do to cover your chest and your neck and so forth so that's what he wanted the women to do and it's mentioned in the Quran and a lot of people don't know that it's mentioned in the Quran and that is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants for women so a lot of people don't know that so they see as force but God in my opinion gives us all free will right because it's recommended that we pray five times a day but not everybody prays five times a day why because they have the choice on whether they want to or not so it's just something like that is said and um what Allah wants us to do in the Quran and some women follow that and some women don't so for me I knew that I wanted to do it as soon as I did my shahada and it's so funny like some of the questions that I have been getting about me wearing the hijab like some people ask me if I do my hair um how is my hair routine so I still do my hair I still buy hair products and stuff like that. Like, I even take more care of my hair now because it's covered, you know, most of the day. So you want to make sure it's moisturized and all that stuff. So I do do that. And, of course, there has been some stereotypes because a lot of people have asked me if it's forced because what they see on the media and stuff like that. So I have to, like, tell people, like, no, I'm not forced to wear it. It's something that I wanted to do. So, that has been a lifestyle change. And like since I started to wear the hijab, I didn't feel different. Like it just felt right for me to do. I like put on the hijab 
and it just felt right i didn't be like oh this is weird this is nothing like i looked up some tutorials on how to like basically tie it my in the beginning like the way i tied my hijab was so bad but i was like literally just learning compared to how i tie it today i'm not like still not the best i'm still learning different styles um but it just felt right it didn't feel like i was like an imposter to this it just felt like something i should do the next change that i made is only eating halal food so before i would well let me explain what halal food is so halal food is food that you get from the halal market that has been killed and when they kill it it is facing towards mecca and there's a prayer and they kill the animal by slitting its throat and then and instantly at like I don't want to go into gory details but like the way that they kill it is like a certain way the animal can't eat certain things um another stuff that is um with halal there is we don't eat pork like it's very similar to like kosher what the what people can eat who are Jews it's very similar so that's what halal but before I did my shahada before I did my shahada I would go to the halal store and buy halal meats but when I would eat out and stuff like that, I wouldn't get halal meat and stuff like that. And sometimes um, I would go to the grocery store and pick up some meat that's not halal. But like as soon as I did my shahada, I'm like, you know what? I want to be strictly halal. So I let all the meat that I had in my fridge that wasn't halal, I let that finish out because I was like, I'm not throwing this out. Like I spent money on this meat. So once that finished, I switched strictly to halal and stuff like that. So now when I go to restaurants, we are permissible to eat seafood that seafood doesn't have to be like blessed or something because you're literally just catching it from the sea so um I can eat seafood and most likely eat like vegetarian style foods so those are the things that I do and going to eating halal was not hard for me like in the Caribbean we love our pigtail we love some stew port but like for me to like stop eating bacon and all stuff it wasn't like a big change for me like I don't miss it. It's not like, oh my goodness, I can't have it. Like, you know, like during some um, holidays, you have a roasted ham or salted ham or split pea soup with pigtail and stuff like that. Like, it's not food that I'm going to miss. Like, I don't miss it since I've stopped eating pork and stuff like that. And I wasn't even like a big pork eater. Like, before then, most of the times when I would have pork is during the holiday season. And even then I still didn't eat as much like the most pork I probably ate was like bacon if I got like a sandwich and there's bacon in it I wouldn't be like oh hold the bacon I would eat the bacon but um it wasn't something that I did all the time oh another thing that goes with halal foods is no more gelatin and like since becoming Muslim I'm surprised about how much gelatin is in everything like medications that have gelatin um like food products that you don't think that has gelatin in it that has gelatin in it and you're like excuse me so it's just like so crazy and then um somebody had gave me and told me about an app let me see if I can find it the app is called scan halal and you can scan different stuff to know if it's halal or not I don't know how like reliable and like who created the app and stuff like that so I don't like if you download it and you be like oh I know this is this um isn't halal and it says that is halal like I didn't create the app it's just like a resource that was given to me so that was pretty cool that they have an app so you can make sure what you're eating and what you're getting is halal because a lot of stuff has gelatin in it that you don't think of 
like I was watching like if you watch the greatest British bake show and you see like the baking stuff and they have to put like gelatin and stuff and I'm like all oh, this has gelatin in it like I wouldn't think that mousse like you know chocolate mousse has gelatin in it like it's so crazy and I'm like I love chocolate now I can't have certain chocolates because some of it may have gelatin in it which is crazy another thing that lifestyle change that I did is not drinking anymore and this may be a big surprise to the caribbean community especially to grenadians because out of all the caribbean islands nobody drinks like grenadians which is like kind of sad in a way but grenadians love their rum you know we have one of the strongest rums in the caribbean and i would tell people and i would like before i would like force my friends to try i'm like try it and they would like start coughing and blah 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 but um alcohol is forbidden in islam because they want to protect you and alcohol can lead to addictions and certain stuff like that, you know, alcoholism. And that's a big thing in the Caribbean that we don't really talk about. We see people who drink a lot and really don't really say anything. We just watch them. It's just like normal. You go to Grenada, you see people, it's like nine o'clock in the morning and a drunk person is passed out in front of a shop. Those are normal things. But if you really think about it, it's like kind of sad. So I just like, as soon as I did my shahada, I was like, I'm no longer drinking. Like, I'm just not. I like made a decision and honestly I don't miss alcohol I thought I would like especially because I love like to drink wine when I come home and all that stuff and I don't really miss it and I wasn't I wouldn't say like I would drink but I wasn't like a big big time drinker like it wasn't that I had to have a drink every day or I went out every weekend drinking you know when I didn't have wine in the house there was like goes weeks or months without me having wine until I get another bottle so it wasn't something that I like did regularly for me to be like, oh my God, it's such a big change. But um, yeah, like I don't really drink. My mom is not a big drinker either. She most like, she just collects liquor and has it around. And when somebody says they want to drink it, she tells them no. So it's just like, she's just collecting them at this point. <laughs> but um, I stopped drinking and I don't miss it. Um. You know, when I told people that I was no longer drinking, they're like, what? You're no longer drinking? I can never become Muslim. I don't think I could give up drinking. I love my wine. I love this. I love that. And I'm just like, well, good for you. Like, that's probably why you shouldn't be Muslim or something like that. And again, not all Muslims follow these rules, even though it's said in the Quran. Again, God gave you free will. So it's up to the person on what part, like, if they want to follow this what god has built for us the next thing that is forbidden in the quran is gambling which is like people who do lottery tickets and go to the casino um gambling is something i barely did i feel like i probably only bought like five lottery tickets in my whole life and like probably like 10 scratch-offs and that's all i did and i lost and i was like i don't like this and i went to the casino once in my lifetime and I lost $3 and I was like, this is it for me. That's that. No more of that. So gambling, giving that up is, wasn't something that made me sad or like, oh my God, I can't do scratch offs or something. And you know, again, some Muslims do this while some don't. Another thing that I had that's going to be a lifestyle change is like holidays that I can't celebrate anymore. Um, before doing my shahada christmas is one of my favorite holidays and it was my favorite holidays not really to celebrate jesus peace be upon him it was more so because um 
it was more so because I like spending time with my family and I love the Christmas music that comes out around the time and like holiday music. I love Christmas music and stuff like that. And I would like spend time with my family and we have our own genre of Christmas music in the Caribbean called Parang. So I would enjoy that because like Grenadian Parang is like if you live in a small town and you steal the local villagers will create a song and call you out for stealing. So, like, it's, like, a funny song, and they make it funny, and they call people out. So, I would, like, like it. It's, like, just fun. And the prong music and the style has, um, you know, Caribbean flair and a lot of Spanish styles in it, too. So, that is why I enjoyed it and being spending time around my family. So, we're no longer celebrate Christmas, and I will no longer celebrate Easter. Easter wasn't as big of a holiday for me. Like, usually for Easter... um back like in college it was became a big thing because um I would invite people from my college to come over to my house since I didn't live too far from campus and they would come over and eat food but that was about it so now I don't have those um like Christmas and stuff like that and like Christmas is coming up and I honestly thought I would be like kind of sad that I'm not celebrating Christmas but I honestly don't feel no type of way because Christmas to me is more about spending time with your family and eating good food. It's not about Santa Claus or something like that. And for me, it wasn't really, it didn't, I didn't have like a big connection to like, oh, it's Jesus' birthday. Cause I always knew that he may not have been born this day. And my grandpa was of the religion of Yahweh and he didn't celebrate Christmas. So I grew up around people who didn't celebrate Christmas because they were like, we don't know if he was born this day and stuff like that. And yeah. Another lifestyle change that came about is social media. So I had a YouTube channel that was, I wasn't very consistent. I would say it's like, okay, it did okay. It wasn't like big YouTube channel or something. It was something like small and new, like a dot in this like YouTube community. And my Instagram pictures, I hid all of them. And I put a lot of them on private because I didn't have a hijab on in those videos. And at first, I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to feel so sad if I meet with the imam and he tells me I have to get rid of these. So I met with the imam and he said, you know, I would recommend you getting rid of them because now you wear a hijab and you don't want nobody to use it against you and blah, blah, blah. So I went home right after that and I hid all my photos and I put all my videos on private and I thought I would feel some type of way, but I didn't. Like, I was like, oh, this video did so well. It has this many views. Like, I was thinking that at first. But I was like, I don't really feel bad because, you know what? I could redo these videos and make them so much better than they were before and make them so much greater. And I have learned so much since then. I know how to create different things now. I've learned so much since my YouTube things. So I basically get to redo my whole YouTube channel. And a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do that. And I do. So I look at this opportunity to make the some of the same videos, but make them with better content and come with more information. And before I had a video that talked about African ethnic groups that can be found in the Caribbean, I had it as in two parts, but I just released it as in um, one part. And I added even some more ethnic groups to there. So that was really cool. And I made it much better, in my opinion, than the first one. So I'm so happy that that's out there. And I can't wait to redo some of the other ones. But, you know, it's going to take some time because I'm a busy woman. (laughs) Another thing that changed is I pray five times a day. Now, for me, praying was something that I didn't do often before. Like, I will find myself to remember to pray. I was more of a person who, like, at night, I will write 
like stuff down or just like write prayers. I'll be like, dear God. And I will do that. I'm more of like a written person than I am spoken. Like if I was to do this podcast and I was to write it out, it will be way better than me speaking it. So like if I was to do this episode and write out one of what I wanted to say and come to you guys, it would be way better than just me freestyling it like how I'm doing that. So praying five times a day, you know, it is prayers already like telling you what to say and what to do. But this time, like the prayers, they're in Arabic. So like Quranic Arabic. So I had to learn how to say them again. And there's different movements they have to do. You have to know when to put your hands up, when to put your hands on your like have your hands folded on your chest then you bend down and put your hands on your knees then you come back up and you have your hands on your side then you raise your hands again then you go down to the ground you put your forehead on the ground then you sit up and then you say something then you put your forehead back on the ground and then you go up and do the same thing so it's like a lot of stuff and each step has a different phrase that you see in Arabic and I'm doing that five times a day so that has been like a shift and it's something that like I haven't gotten used to it yet I feel like I feel more like sluggish on doing them. It's like the the early morning one, which is Fajr. It's like at five or six o'clock in the morning and you're like so tired and you're hearing your thing go off and you like have to get up to do your prayer and you have to do that. And um, there's this whole process called Wudu. We have to watch certain parts of your body. I will get into more of that um, probably in the next episode, what you have to do. So doing your prayers five times a day has been a big change. And like you incorporate prayer into everything that you do because literally I'm at work and it's I get the notification that it's prayer time. So at work, um, alhamdulillah, I'm so thankful that I have a job that allows me to use have prayer time. So I like get the notification, go to the bathroom if I need to, do will do, and pray. So like nothing of the day is bothering me because I'm literally stopping the moment going to pray talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know you do you can do your structure prayers but you can also talk to God as well and you could do that so I feel like you know I'm getting better at praying and knowing what to like say and things like that when it comes to prayer and stuff something that I didn't have before I don't know if that makes sense because I barely prayed before but now I have the opportunity to pray five times a day and I find myself sometimes looking forward to the prayers, alhamdulillah, and um, I'm like, oh yeah, it's prayer time, yeah, let me go run and pray, and it like made me so happy, and there's a few times during prayer time where I started to cry because of like the connection that I have, subhanallah, it's like such a beautiful thing, and I like, if you would have told me that, oh Brittany, you're gonna be Muslim, and you're gonna pray five times a day like five years ago, I would have been like, absolutely not, like I'm not doing that, and guess what, I'm doing it. So that has been nice. And most of all, importantly, what the last or like the biggest lifestyle change is my mindset. Like in Islam, there's a certain like humbleness, truthfulness, philosophy, like metaphor. Like I'm a metaphor person and I feel like a lot of Islam is like metaphors and like deep meaning. Like I love things that have deep meaning deep connection like related to your purpose your relationship with god and all this stuff and i feel like islam is that that's how i feel and with that like after learning more about islam and like how muslims and how you're supposed to view the word um the world also like how the prophet muhammad how he viewed things and 
the humbleness that came with it all and like how you look at things and even like rewatching the movie Bilal and seeing how he handled things and why he was an important person during this time where the Quran was revealed and him being one of the first people to call the call to prayer, AKA the Adan. So just like looking at that and the philosophy you want to say and the preaching and like what they're saying and the meaning and how it like makes you rethink things. And it's, in a logical way, it like all makes sense. That has been one of the biggest things for me. Like I see Islam and everything. I'm like, oh, that relates to this. This relates to that. Oh, Islam said this. Islam prepared you for this. Like it makes it literally a part of everything you do, especially when you see another Muslim, right? The first thing you say, like if you go to a halal store, another person looks at you and you look at them, you go, Assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi rabakatuh. And they be like, Walaikum salam rahmatullahi rabakatuh. You're already showing your Islam. You know, I wear a hijab. I'm showing the world that I'm Muslim. It's like my presence. I'm showing people my faith already. And it makes me kind of proud to show it. You know, like I'm Muslim. You know, another Muslim will see me like another Muslim man or Muslim woman can say, Assalamu alaikum. If they need help, they can come up to me because we're from the same Umrah, the same community. Ummah. We're from the same community and stuff like that. So that has been the biggest mindset change is like my mindset changing. And also, I want to say me healing in other aspects of my life during the same time that. I was discovering Islam. It like coincided together. And I feel like Islam helped me find the peace. Me healing, me finding Islam, me like reevaluating who I am and stuff. And like going back to what my core purpose is, right? What is my purpose on earth? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says for us to do? What is the main pillars that we're supposed to follow? What are the most important things of Islam, right? Now, me as a human, what is my cure? Does that correlate to this religion that I'm in? If not, how do I correlate it to that, right? But also going back to who am I as Brittany outside of everything else? What is my purpose in life? And how can I incorporate Islam into that and stuff like that? I don't know if that makes sense, but it was like me looking at myself, me figuring out who I am while adding Islam into it, me being proud to stand in who I am as a woman, who I am as a Grenadian woman, who I am as a woman with her master's in public health, who I am as a woman with her bachelor's in arts, who I am as a woman from New York, you know, all of that, who I am as a black woman. I don't know if I said that, but reevaluating my purpose, remembering who I am in my core essence, um, relating my faith to who I am and my purpose. And remembering that I am healed, Islam has brought peace into my life, and I, being that I can now stand proudly and truthfully in who I am, and I build a strong foundation by me healing. Even before I found Islam, I started my healing journey, right? But Islam helped fill the pieces, like my foundation is strong. So even if things come and try to knock the house that I'm building my foundation is strong because I have Islam plus the healing that I did within myself so a lot of stuff can come my way but when I go back to my foundation and my core I know who I am 
I have no idea if that makes sense. Like I said, I'm a person that um, better writing it and then saying it. But my mindset has changed. I see world differently, like the world differently. Um, I like before, because I'm a public health major, I see public health and everything. Now I see public health and Islam and everything. Like that's just how I am now. And I'm like, when I see a problem, I'm like, well, you know, this is how Islam says to handle it. Because the way that Islam wants you to handle it is the way that's best for you and makes you more at peace. But then you hold on to negative energy. And that's what we want in life. You want to be at peace. We don't want, there's going to be times where we're not going to be at peace. But the main thing that we go back to is being at peace and having a strong connection with God at the end of the day. So hopefully that made sense of what my mindset is. Maybe I'll do a whole episode about my mindset change. But these are some of the lifestyle changes that I have made so far when it comes to me being a Muslim woman now. And I'm so happy that I made these changes, subhanAllah. Um, they came easy. They weren't hard for me. I love subhanAllah what Allah made the path for me. And I'm happy to be here. So thank y'all for listening and stay tuned to the next one. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.